So let's get into things today. We are beginning a new message series this morning, and it will, we will do this for the next three weeks. And the title of the message series is Deep Waters. And I just really felt, actually a number of months ago, I've, I felt the Lord speak to me about taking time to really go deep. Now, I'll explain more about what that means to me in a, in a few minutes here and as we go through today. But to really take some time at a point this year and begin to press in and go deep in our relationship with God. To go into and seek and press into the deeper things of really an unsearchable God. And it's been apparent to me over the years that many people, when, when they come to a revelation of Jesus Christ and they are born again, God's spirit comes to live on the inside of them and they are made a new creation in Christ, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. They are going to be with God in heaven eternally when they leave this earth. And, and that's a, a, a beautiful thing and that's the most important thing. But it's, it's true and it's apparent that when people come to that place, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that they will live in a way where they are diving into and experiencing the deep richness and the treasures, the deepness and the vastness of what a relationship with our almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, can be. It's like they, they get in the water, but they stay in the ankle-deep Water. They kind of stay in a place where, you know, it's safe, it's familiar, and they're okay with it, but they never really venture out into the depths of the unknown of what this relationship with God can really expand out to be. And that's great from, obviously, an eternal perspective. I mean, we, we exist to see people reached for Jesus Christ and to know that they're going to be in heaven one day. But as a pastor, part of my call is to help you to invite those who I'm leading, I'm called to lead, to sort of become into and press into this deep relationship, this, this vastness of what the calling and the purposes of God can be and should be for the calling that he has for your life. And I want to just, I guess, try to whet your appetite for that. By no means is the next few weeks going to give you the full depth of what God is. But what it is designed to do, I feel, is to sort of whet your appetite to build a desire, a hunger, a thirst in you to say, yes, you know what, that is what I want to exist for. That is what I want to live for. That is the kind of relationship with God that I want to have and, and ultimately no longer settle for what the ankle deep water feels like anymore, right? And I've just been in situations here lately, and I guess it just is always this way, but it's more apparent lately where people are getting hit with things from, from all different directions that are massive things. You know, what do you do when you get the news that you, you have cancer. Uh, what do you do when 
your marriage, a marriage or, or, or a loved one close to you, it's like it just, just falls apart out of nowhere. It's like the rug just gets ripped right out from under you. What do you do when a loved one is all of a sudden just taken early from this life and is, isn't, isn't here anymore? And, and now you're forced to go through this battle of grief and, and, and dealing with this and moving on. What do you do when a loved one close to you just totally abandons family and friends and begins to go down a dark path that's just leading to destruction and, and, and all kinds of terrible things? These are things that we don't, we, we don't have answers for. We don't, we're not equipped for these kind of things. And i got to tell you that one of the things I'm getting out of this is I am looking and I am able to see we think we have things together. Uh, we think we've got stuff in or I'm, I mean, I'm talking to myself here. Like, you, I think I have things together, right? I've got my house. I've got my finances in order. I've got, you know, our, our kids are taken care of. We've got our vehicles. I, I've got a career. I, I mean, we feel like we've, we work hard and we've got all these things together and we feel secure. We feel like, yeah, you know, I'm safe and everything's okay. Can I tell you something? When something like those situations that I just mentioned hit you, those things don't mean anything. It's like all of the sudden, what, who, who cares about the house? I mean, you know, when, when somebody just found out that they're, they have cancer, the business that they've worked for 20 years to build really doesn't mean a whole lot right now. Do you know what I'm saying? When, when, a, when a marriage begins to fall apart and divorce is knocking at the doorstep, I don't really care what kind of accolades that I've achieved in my career. I don't really care how popular I am or how much people seem to really like me anymore. You know, it's like the reality of all of, the, of our inability to address these kinds of situations comes face to face with us and we simply cannot avoid it or get around it. What do you do when you're in a place like this? What do you do? And I'm telling you that the answers of life, the answers of the deep things of life that we walk through can only be found in pressing in and seeking an almighty God who has all of the answers that ever pertain to anything that we know. The Bible says in Proverbs, it says that the issues of life flow out of the heart, the inner man, the spirit of God that lives in us. The answers that we need, that we search for in these times, look, the world just cannot offer them. And, and we realize the fragility, the, the, the vapor, the, the simplicity of the, the things, the structures that we've come to really feel like we've found security from, that really hold us up, that really keep us together and stable. All of a sudden, something hits you, and it's like it unravels, and it means nothing anymore. And now where do you go? You, you know, people, in these moments, it's just like, they, abandon, they begin to abandon, thank God, they begin to abandon everything that, that they've known and they begin to seek God like they've never sought him before. And I just pray that we don't have to come to these moments and these places where things like this happen, where we've, we get this, our eyes open or the, the carpet yanked out from under us to get our attention to say, you need to press in deep. 
You need, to, you need to live in the deep waters because it's in the deepness and the richness of God and who he is that you find the answers and that you find the peace and that you find the strength to be able to address and deal with and walk through the most trialing, try, try, trying storms that life is going to bring to you. But it's still not, it's still a fact that we do reach these points. And frankly, folks, I don't have the answers for these kind of things. I mean, I pray with people. I walk with these things, through these things with people. I'll never stop doing that until I'm gone. But I frankly just don't have the answers. I, I mean, I don't, you know. I, I give encouragement. I give support. I, I, I know what I've seen. I've seen patterns before. I can give advice, give counsel. I think God is anointing me to do that. But to a degree, look, I just frankly don't have the answers. But what I, what I can do is I can point people in the direction of where they will find the answers. You know, when I was in business, a lot of the things that you do, the success of what you do involves how well you network, right? And, and you're, you're, most people are in an area where they're sort of specialized in something that they do very well, um, but they don't do everything well, right? None of us do. I mean, we all have our areas of giftedness. And if I were to come into contact with somebody that needed something or that needed more than what I could give them, I would just simply make an introduction to an expert in that area. I would help them to find somebody that could offer them the solutions that they needed. You know, if you came to me and you said, hey, pastor, I really appreciate the counsel. Uh, in the meantime, do you know somebody that could, could you help me build a website for my new business? I'll be like, sorry, this is where I step out. You know, I can't do that. I, I've tried to mess with websites before, and frankly, it, it makes me, my head want to explode. I don't want any part of it. Um, but let me introduce you to Lisa Ross, okay? She's a web designer. She's, she's mighty good at it, and she's an expert in the area of design work. So is Maria Crockett. She's an expert at graphic design. You need those kind of things. I will make an introduction for you, and I will point the way, but I got... I mean, at some point, my hands are off of it, right? I can't control how you move forward with that introduction. If I want to, you know, you want to hear about how wrong I am about things all the time, I will introduce you to my wife, and she will be happy to tell you. No, I won't do that, actually. That's not a good idea. Okay. Uh, but, you know, there's a, there's a power of an introduction, we used to say, in the sales world. And, and when it comes to stuff like this, oh, I will pray with you. I will lead you and I will guide you. I will offer everything that I can possibly offer. But the only thing that I can really do that will sustain you is I can give you an introduction to the Almighty God who has all of the answers and has all of the wisdom and all of the depths of everything you would ever want to know. And I hope and, and pray that my life, my call, my time on this earth can be marked by one where God would say, many more came to know me and many more pressed in to know me deeper because of the way you walked and the way you led. I hope that's what is said of my life. But I can only make the introduction for you. I can only speak to you of where I've walked and the depths that I've got into and, and what I've seen and acknowledge to you that I haven't even seen anything yet. Many of the things that I'm going to talk to you about over the next few weeks, quite frankly, won't even make sense to your natural mind. 
they won't even make sense to your head. Because the things that I'm speaking about are really flowing from the word of God, which is spirit, and it is life. And there's nothing of this world under heaven that can stir up and can move your spirit man. It can only be a move of God's spirit that does that. So when we're speaking about the deep things of God, you have to understand that your head may not fully grasp everything and that that's okay. But I'm speaking to the spirit man in you. I am speaking to the eternal part of you whenever I am preaching these things and we are exploring these things and moving into the depths of who God is and what he has for you. Can you just, igni- can you just receive that? and just your, your head, yeah, your head. And this is what I found is that your head will begin to later start to fall in line with what your spirit has already embraced and received. Let this be a move of God's spirit resonating in your spirit over the next number of weeks to open up a picture for you, open up a page of a book that you'll never fully know, but in a way where you see a little more, you get a glimpse of a little more of who God is and what he's about and what he has for you. I don't want to approach these next few weeks so much as really a message series. I want to approach them as just, this is a time that we're just sort of camping out. We're just sort of carving this out. And we're saying, God, this is a time where we just need to go deep with you. We just need to get deep and lost in your presence and in your wisdom and in who you are beyond what we've ever known or where we've ever been. That's really what I want to approach this as. And it's like, you know, there's so much to say, but it's like, let's just, let's just say time out from, for, from everything for, for a while. And let's just say press in. You know, let's just say time out for, for moving forward and just trying to do all kinds of different things to move along. Not that we won't do that, but, but that this is a time that we are dedicating, consecrating to the Lord and believing in faith and knowing that if we truly earnestly and fervently desire and seek to press in with him into the deep places that he knows that we will find more than we've ever found before and we will be refreshed you know look guys over the history in the bible you can see this over and over and over again where the greatest leaders that we could ever read about have had to come to moments and places and times where they simply just had to step back from what was happening and they had to begin to press in deep with God to find a new revelation, to find a new place, to find a refreshing from Him that they weren't going to get if they just kept going a thousand miles an hour down a direction that they were headed. Moses spent 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness on Mount Sinai in isolation with God, him and God alone, to receive not only the law, but to receive the, 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 to see a piece of the glory of God while he was on the mountain and to get touched and refreshed in a way where he was a changed man. He had seen enough of God where he would never lead the same way again and the people would never be led the same way again. We need to get to a place where we just press in routinely and regularly and get to know our God in a way that's deeper than we ever have before. Jesus spent 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness right before he went to go fulfill his three-year ministry on this earth. What does that tell you? Our Jesus went into the wilderness to be alone, to pray, to seek God and to be with him, to receive something 
that he needed to walk out what it was that he was getting ready to do. If he doesn't need to do that, if he needs to do that, don't you think you and I need to understand the significance of that? Right? I mean, look, Paul, when he was introduced to Jesus on, his, on the horse on the road to Damascus, one of the first things that he did was he went to Arabia for three years and he began to study and he began to receive revelation from God about who Jesus was and all these things about the new creation and the rebirth that he came back and was able to offer to man. But he would have never been able to offer the depths of that revelation if he hadn't have pressed in and went deeper with God himself for that time. Daniel spent time in prayer and fasting many times over. David had to step back from his calamity of the situations he was in and say, I need to strengthen myself in the Lord. And then he was able to come back and approach things in a fresh way. Now, listen to what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that we all need to go buy a timeshare or figure out a little cabin in the woods that we can reserve for the next 40 days and 40 nights. I'm not saying don't do that, but I'm just saying that's not what I'm talking about right now. I'm talking to you about a pattern through scripture that we must recognize and we must embrace and realize that it's something that didn't go away. It's something that we need to understand. We are created to walk in as well. I mean, it doesn't change the fact that we are meant to walk with God in an intimate way every single day. That is absolute truth. God wants to be with you every step of your journey. And we must walk with him in intimacy every day that we live. But for our human nature, the way that we function, it's just a reality that we have to come to these places at times where we, it's like we just increase the level that we're doing this with. We have to increase the measure by which we're pressing in and seeking and desiring to know God in a deeper and a, and a more powerful and expanded way than we ever have before. And we must come to these places often and we must seek and seek until we find. The, you know, there's stories in, in uh, South America where there's cities that were just rampant with sin and all kinds of terrible things that were going on and happening. And the, the leaders of the church finally would come together and they would say, we just got to start praying and pressing in with God. Nothing that we know can fix this. We don't have, we're done, we're out of options. Like we don't have a law, we don't have a rule, we don't have, you know, a, a, a force that we can introduce to change this. We only have one answer left and it's God. And they would press in and they would pray for as many days and as many nights as they had to. And there's stories of miracles where God would move over the city and it was like things would just be broken off of it overnight. I encourage you to read some of those about the cities in South America over the last 50 to 100 years. It's amazing the miracles that happened. But what happened, what preceded those moves was a people pressing in and going deep and seeking God for solutions and answers that they simply had nothing left that they could trust or rely on to give them. And they waited until they got them. And I believe that as we do press in over these next few weeks that you will receive answers and revelation and things that God wants to give you that are profound, that are profoundly impactful to the direction and the course of your life and of your calling. And I believe because God, I believe God spoke and said to me that as we do this, that this would just be the, the beginning for many. This will be like the first, one of the first times where many are really just 
getting a feel for this and pressing in for this in such a way where they realize the power that's in this and, and the significance of really getting deep with God. And then they're just, this is going to become like a pattern that will hopefully build in their lives in the years to come. And oh, thank God, am I excited about that? Because I know for one thing, we can't all walk together every day of every year for the rest of our lives. But if something happens over these next few weeks that gets your hunger and your appetite up to where you seek God or the rest of your life in a way that you haven't before and you know him deeper, then God will have moved and he will have done something significant in this place over these few weeks. Amen. Amen. Nothing derails us quicker from our purpose than letting other things get in the way of keeping God first in our lives. You know, we get busy with doing things and we're all called. We all have a mission and assignments and gifts and it's, it, the, the will of God looks a lot like all that stuff active and flowing. But here's the, here's the challenge or the danger that can happen is that we can get into a place where we just simply are doing, doing, doing and then we're not actually staying in the presence of God, continuing to be refreshed by God, continuing to be strengthened by Him. And ultimately, nothing will cause us to slip a little off, a little off, a little off, uh, and, and kind of derail us on the mission and the direction we're headed than if we fail to continue spending time and, and being enriched in the presence of the very God who authored that mission. Does that make sense? It's like we can get into doing and forget that we have to be under this constant uh, relationship and in this intimacy with God in order to fulfill those missions, right? I mean, if we're going to continue to walk in the will of God, then we have to understand. Listen to this in, in the Bible in Mark chapter 12. You've probably heard this verse before. Uh, verse 29, it says, verse 30 says, You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. At what measure are we really seeking God and pressing in with Him? Are we really full? Love God, seek God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. Are we really giving God all that we have to give in this particular area, which many of us would probably agree if we were asked, this is the most important area. Or are we really giving everything or most of what we have to the things and the stuff and the doing, and we're really kind of, God's just kind of getting the leftovers of what's there. Oh, that's a tough question. I mean, because in the, at the end of the day, if we're not giving God all we have, then we can't possibly be getting replenished and refreshed and be strengthened and equipped to fully really walk out all the doing that God has called us to do. You know, and it, if we stay under his presence and in relationship with him, then it will keep us refreshed along the way. And I will say that there is nothing that will cause us to grow weary faster from doing than getting out from under the presence of being. 
You know, you have to be ref- being refreshed and, and, and being spending time with God and getting a picture and a revelation of who he is ongoing through your life to stay refreshed in your soul. Again, we're talking about the inner man, not the physical man here, so that the inner man is strengthened, the inner man is refreshed, and then the emotional mind and, and, and the thinking, and then the physical man, the strength and the walking is actually falling in line and being strengthened as the spirit man was being strengthened. Did your spirit just get that? I know your head didn't because mine did it, but it's the way it works, right? And maybe yours did. Maybe you're an intellectual. More power to you. Good. Praise God. Anyway, that's a spirit thing. So listen to this. Psalm 63, verse 1. The psalmist says, Oh God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee, my soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Just because the source is available to you, it doesn't mean that you're actually drinking from it. When I was working in construction, and a lot of guys here do that, so they don't understand this. And the heat of the summer, you know, I mean, you get, it's, it gets up to 100 degrees or hotter, heat indexes and stuff during the days. And, you know, what do they tell you to do? Stay hydrated. Drink plenty of fluids and stay hydrated. Now, me, I'm a doer. Productive, efficient. Can't stop to take a drink. <laughs> you know, I mean, I should. I'll get to it in a second. I'll get to it when I finish that task. I'll get to it when I finish that task. And you know what? Before you know it, guess what starts to happen? You get dehydrated, right? That's a spirit thing too. That's deep. I know it went right over our heads today. No, that's not. You get dehydrated. Here's the problem with that. Once you're dehydrated and you realize it, it's too late. Saw so many guys fall out during the days of the heat. He'd be like, eh, you know, those guys, we're my, they, they can't handle it, you know, whatever. And I don't know why. <laughs> Shouldn't be doing that. I'm a pastor, you know. I have to remind myself of that. Anyway, so they would fall out and they would be dehydrated. And then they would start drinking a bunch of fluids to rehydrate. But it was too late. They couldn't do anything for the rest of the day. They were done. Most of the time, they couldn't do anything for a few days after that. So what's the point of that? We move along doing, 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 doing. Doing, 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 doing. And we know we need to go deep with God. We know that our source is Him. We know that no one can give us what He needs to give us to do what we're called to do. But somehow... We go along for days or weeks or months and we just never stop to take a drink. And we wake up one day and it's not really that one day. It just feels like it. But we wake up, we face a trial, we face an encounter that takes, it's going to take a lot of what we have spiritually in our inner man to fight and we realize we're dehydrated. That's a, that's a tough place to get into, folks. God will be there. He'll supply. He will, he will bring a measure of his grace to sustain you at any moment if you turn to him and seek him. I promise you that. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to appeal to a place in you that says let's not ever get to that place. 
let's not get to a point where all of a sudden we've got a hard work to do and days have gone by since we've just stopped and taken a drink and, be, and been refreshed. The Spirit of God is the most refreshing. It is the only refresher that you can have for your soul. The spirit man is unaffected. It, it, it is not uh, stirred up, I should say, encouraged and strengthened by anything of this world. Nothing of this world can do anything for your spirit man. Only the spirit of God who lives in you as you profess Christ as Lord and Savior can give you and 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 strengthen you and refresh you the way your spirit man is created to be refreshed when on an ongoing basis these leaders that we're talking about carved out days days and seasons to just stop and press in with God because they just went too long without having a drink maybe not Jesus, certainly, but the other some of these examples, it's like they had to step back. Israel, many times, had to step back, and they had to get out of where they were, and they just had to make it all about seeking God. Nothing hardly happened in, in, in the nation for these periods of time. What does that say to you? Can you imagine if the United States, all of a sudden, just everybody for every day until God moved, just stopped and started praying and seeking God and allowing his presence to refresh our land? I mean, why do you think that God says in 2 Chronicles, he says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, if my people who are called by my name would just humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin, I will heal their land. He's doing the miraculous part. We're, pre we're just pressing in. We're just seeking him, acknowledging that we don't have any other answers or solutions, Right? Just because the source is there does not mean that we will remember to take a drink. It's certain that we should live daily with God at the center, but it's also the reality of our condition that we must come back to him regularly in a place where we will immerse ourselves in God and allow him to refresh and strengthen us in a new way. I have to figure out where I'm going to go with this because time will not permit me to get into this next area that I can't wait to get into. Oh, let me say this. Psalms 42, 7. Can we put that up there? Psalmist writes, deep calls unto deep. At the noise of your waterfalls, all your waves and billows have gone over me. God is so deep. He can't, the, the depths cannot be sound. But the deep spirit of God is, is calling unto us, calling us into a deeper place, into a deeper relationship with him. He wants to give you a bigger picture of who he is and what he has for our lives. He wants to do that. In fact, the spirit of God is calling unto us, getting, calling us to come into a place where the the, the ankle-deep water is just simply not going to do anymore. When we were, in, over the last summer or two, you know, we've been teaching our kids how to swim. 
And uh, my mother-in-law has a pool. My grandma has a pool. And we, so, they, you know, they're getting braver. And, of course, they have their, their little whatever the things are called. What are they called? The life jacket things. Puddle jumpers, yeah. And, uh, and so they got their puddle jumpers, you know. And, and so it's like a process of getting them to be braver and stronger. And, you know, when they're younger, they stay on the little step or the little ledge, you know, where their water's not deeper than their knees. And, of course, we feel safe about that, and they're good, and they feel safe. And, and sooner or later, it's like they just don't want to do that anymore. It's like it's just not enough, you know. And so what do we do? So, all right, you know, let's go ahead and let's move over to the deeper side of the pool and why don't you get on the diving board and get on the edge and I'll stand and I'll tread water and I'll catch you when you jump because I want you to see what the deeper water feels like I want you to see that you can and I want you to see how awesome it is compared to what you're just coming from and so you know, it takes a little bit. I mean, they're a little nervous at first, you know. They're, you know, it's awesome. I love it. And uh, jump, <laughs> finally jump. You know, I can't tread water forever. <laughs> Dad's going to go down deep here in a second, and it's not going to be good. Uh, and so they're just, you know, you jump. And then finally, after however long, they jump. And they're in the deep water. Daddy, I did it, I did it, I did it. Don't let go, don't let go. And then eventually... I can let go, and then eventually, I'm just like doing my thing. I look over, pew, 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 and they're just jumping one after another. I mean, jump ladder, jump ladder, jump ladder, jump ladder. It's like, holy cow, you know? I mean, you think kids don't have energy. Let me tell you, they could do that all day, and they would knock it. I mean, I don't know what it is. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, once that happens, guys, they're done with the steps, they're done with the shallow water. I mean, I can't force them to sit on that step anymore. There's times I'd like to. You just chill the step for a little bit and give mom and dad a little time, you know, to just chill out. and have, No, 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 no. they got to move out into the deep because they've been there. They know how good it is. Something has been opened up to them. They've seen something. They've experienced something that they never did before, and they can't go back. And I can't, I can't make them go back. And now... They're moving into new places and new areas that they haven't been before because they've pushed themselves. They've jumped into deeper places, and now they know they can. And sooner or later, that six-foot pool or that ten-foot pool, they're going to be wanting to be like Dad did and jump off those cliffs down at Lake of the Ozarks, right? Yeah, maybe not. But anyway, my point is, is that once we, once we get a taste of the depths of God, I mean, just, just, a, just a taste, just a, just a glimpse of how massive he is, how big, how wide, how far, how deep, how unsearchable. I mean, we've created words for God like omnipotent and omniscient and omnipresent, which means that Omnip These aren't even Bible words. This is like what we came up with to try, make an attempt to describe a little bit about God's vastness, you know. Omnipotent means he's just, he's all-powerful, you know. There's nothing that he can't do. Omniscient means he's all-knowing. He knows everything you've ever done and everything you will be and everything, anything, everything, anywhere in the world. He's all-knowing. Try putting your head around that one, right? 
He, and and he's, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere at every time. He created everything, but he's uncreated. I mean, this is the God we serve. This is the God who's calling unto you, saying, deep calls out to deep. Come in to a deep relationship with me. Come see the vastness of this calling and this purpose and this destiny that I've carved out for you. I promise if you get a picture of it, you're never going to want to sit in the shallow water again. And we're going to go to deeper and deeper places. And then one day you're going to come to be with me in heaven. It's going to be perfect. It's going to be eternal. And we're going to look back and we're going to see the vastness of what was never even reached. Charles Spurgeon says we don't even have the categories to describe God. We don't even have the categories. You know, let's think about like a, a let's say an, a, a bug. You know, these, the wasps, right, they're starting to, they're going to be coming out pretty hard soon. And, I mean, they, they're buzzing you and hitting you, annoying little things, you know, and you're trying to keep them off your kids and stuff. And somebody gets stung, and it's always a pain. But these little wasps, you know, they're living creatures, right? I mean, they, they've got a life to them, and they land on you. But here's the thing. They, they might know that something is there because they have instincts, but the wasp isn't, they don't have like the faculties to, to say, oh, this is a person. And, oh, this is what this person is doing. He's trying to get away from me. He's running. Oh, he's swatting at me to try to kill me. Right? I mean, they're just like reactive instinctive. That's the way God made them. And then you take, but you, so you put a wasp on us and it's like, oh, they don't even have the capacity to understand fully. Can I tell you something? When you set us next to God, we don't even have the capacity to understand the fullness and the vastness and the depth of who he is. But he has given us a live, his living spirit on the inside of us. And he's saying, I will, I will reveal things to you that you've never seen. I will empower you in a way that you could never be empowered. He's actually giving us access to this relationship, to some level of understanding or faith and revelation of who he is and what he's called us to do. And if I don't know about you, but I just have this deep sense of just passion and motivation and appreciation for that that says, God, I don't want to settle for anything less than the deepest places that you're calling me to go. I want to go wherever it is that you want to lead me. I want to go as deep as we can. I want to experience the richness and the vastness of who you are in a way that never before. I will never settle for staying where I am. I will always want to continue pressing in. But here's the point of today, folks, is we have to realize, we have to grasp that God is calling us to step in. But it is we who must take the steps. Will you do this? Will you stand to your feet with me today? And I, I promise you, I'm, look, this is God's word, so I'm just telling you, but man, the next couple of weeks, oh, God is just so big and so amazing. We can't even, your spirit will be so stirred up. It will be so strengthened. You will be so refreshed. I promise you, God is going to show up and he is going to do something amazing over these next few weeks. I know it as sure as I'm standing here today. Listen to this. I'm a, I just, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry. I'm messing with you now. I don't mean to do that. But look. Oh. 
one thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. The spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. But now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. You can know nothing of God apart from a divine revelation of His Spirit. Anything you think you know that you've attained from head knowledge, I promise you, God's Spirit will, wants to, can only reveal to you the deeper things of God. It's a spiritual matter, folks. It's not an intelligence thing. It's not a head knowledge thing. It's a wisdom of God, divine revelation, supernatural impartation that will fill you to the brim and overflowing. God's saying, I have things prepared for you but only my spirit can show them to you. I want to show them to you, but you will never find them. You'll never catch a glimpse of them in your head or in your flesh. My spirit must reveal them to you. So let your spirit commune with my spirit. Let your spirit come deep into places with me where I can bring a revelation to you you've never seen before. And I will open up a picture of a book that I've written for you that looks like a destiny you could never imagine.